and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Vance Joseph earlier today on the guy his unit has to stop on Sunday. Plus my evaluation, right? That <laughs> he was a special back, and he is. I mean, and obviously the more he plays, the better he looks. And every game he's making, he's making, uh, you know, runs that 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 special. I mean, he's making guys miss. He's breaking tackles with his quickness and with his power in his legs. He's catching the ball better. So watching this kid early on, I knew he was going to be a good player, but boy, he's coming on fast, and every game he's making a game-changing play. Talking about Kenneth Walker the third, the rookie running back from the Seattle Seahawks, who just won NFC Offensive Rookie of the Month for the work that he did in October. And as we welcome you back into the 5 o'clock hour here at the Burns and Gambo Show, it's clear shutting down that guy is where it starts for the Cardinals on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. All you have to look at uh, look at what he's accomplished. The, the, the big touchdown runs, the 20-plus yards. He's He has been phenomenal. Now, that whole rookie class has been great. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But he has stood out like a sore thumb. From the second that, they, that, that their top running back went out, he has really carried the load and been great. As a matter of fact, once Rashad Penny went out and he started to play, he, look at the numbers that he has. You look at the most rushes of 20-plus yards in the NFL. You got Nick Chubb, number one, with nine. You got Saquon Barkley, number two, with six. You got Travis Etienne, number three, with six. And then Kenneth Walker, the third. He is tied for fourth, the fourth most runs of 20-plus yards. He's got two gigantic touchdown runs. I'm going to get to them in a second because I had them written down here. But he's got two really big touchdown runs. One was uh, 69 yards, the other 74. So he makes you miss tackles. He gets out into the open field. He's a burner. He's got incredible speed. So that's the guy you got to watch out for. We always talk about game-changing plays and explosive plays in the passing game. Yep. But we don't very often talk about explosive games, plays in the running game. And he gives them explosive plays in the running game. Yeah, he does. He We've talked many, many times about Vance Joseph and the Cardinals defense and how they typically, not all the time, but typically, take away the team's, the, the opposition's best offensive threat and, and kind of neutralizes them throughout the course of the game. Now, obviously, this has been hit or miss, right? Last weekend against the Vikings didn't work so well. Dalvin Cook ran all over him. Uh, and even then, Justin Jefferson still had nearly 100 yards receiving in that game right. on Six catches. He had 98. So both of those guys got you. The Chiefs got you, obviously. The Saints got you, but it didn't really matter because the Cardinals had such a big lead that you could kind of give up those yards and it didn't, it didn't hurt all that much. For Vance Joseph, most of the time, it's been about taking a wide receiver out of the equation. Let's eliminate Devontae Adams. Let's just take him out, right? Let's, let's eliminate DK Metcalf. Let's eliminate Cooper Cup and not, we're not going to have Kim beat us. It's a running back now. And that's where the challenge gets a little, it's kind of similar to last week, frankly, with Dalvin Cook, where you have to make sure that running back doesn't beat you. And Kenneth Walker looks like he's good. Now, the the Giants did a number on him, right? 18 carries. Giants did, yeah. 51 yards, 2.83 yards per attempt. It's not like he gashed the New York Giants. Whatever it was they did to limit Kenneth Walker, the Cardinals will have to do to limit Kenneth yeah, Walker. Yeah, he's been, he's been great for them. Now, the Cardinals have been good at stopping top weapons, no matter who it is. They've gone through just about every week, whether it's Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup or even Christian McCaffrey in the running game. They, they've done a good job of shutting down weapons. They shut 
down Kamara in the New Orleans game. If I'm Vance Joseph, I go into this game and I, that's my focus. I got to not let this guy beat me. Now, they've, they've had success against the wide receivers, especially DK Metcalf, not as much Tyler Lockett, but DK Metcalf has never gone off against the Cardinals in a game. Matter of fact, the most things that people remember about DK Metcalf is running Buddha down from behind. Yes. You know, like a cheetah chasing a gazelle, like, you know, and just running him, running him down. It Poor was. Buddha. I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was such a freak show. I love that those. Night. I yeah, love those I things. You that. see this gazelle just running and running, trying to get away for its life, and all of a sudden the cheetah catches up to it and gets it, you know, and that's lunch. Yeah. Well, yeah, Buddha, yeah that Buddha, was Buddha was lunch. Buddha, Buddha was, was lunch, lunch that night. Okay. I still go in. I got I got to stop Walker. Walker's the guy that I got to find a way to stop if I'm if I'm Vance Joseph. To the point where, and look, I know they liked Rashad Penny, and obviously his season is, is over with the injury. It does almost make you wonder what took so long in Seattle to recognize what they had, you know, like one of those, man, you had that guy sitting on your bench playing second fiddle. He was hurt. Rashad Penny. Was he hurt? He was hurt. Oh, was he hurt to start the season? Yeah, I didn't know the, that. He started the season uh, hurt, so I think that kind of put him behind the eight ball a little bit. I think he missed the first game. I don't even think he was available for that. He first was inactive game. for the first week, and then after that, he got four carries, three carries. Eight carries, eight carries, and then the twenty-one against Arizona when Rashad Penny was out. Yeah. So yeah, he was, it was, and I, I didn't know he was hurt. He had so. a hernia procedure. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah okay. he had a hernia procedure, and that kept him out of the season opener. And then he was kind of limited a little bit after that, just trying to get him back into pace. So I think, I think he probably would have played a whole lot um, early, but you know the injury. But then once Rashad Penny went out, I mean, he got you know then he was healthy and he got the lion's share of the carries, and they, they can't stop him now. No, they can't, and and I'm still having like flashbacks of what Dalvin Cook did last week to that Cardinals defense because that 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 was that was a really bad game for the defense. That was the uh, they got better um, later, you know, in the second half. Of, they had that one drive where the Cardinals took the lead, and the Cardinals defense immediately yielded the go ahead touchdown to Minnesota, and that was disappointing. But I thought they played. Better mostly in the second half. But, you know, two of the touchdowns they gave up were short fields because of of cardinal turnovers. Whether it was the muffed punt or the interception, but you're right. I mean, look, you give up you give up six point zero yards per carry yeah. as a defense. There's nobody lining up to give you praise for the work that you did. So, I mean, I'm sorry, you don't deserve that much praise when you gave up six yards per carry. I, I was looking at this. The, the Ringer did a story on power rankings, and I don't ever really and, and I sent it to you yesterday, but we didn't we didn't talk about it because I'm not a power ranking guy. But I didn't. Send it because of the Cardinals being ranked twenty second. I said it because of what they said. I sent it because of what they said about the defense. The Cardinals ranked thirty second in defensive success rate, thirty first in points allowed. The secondary is giving up too many explosive plays down the field. The front seven is one of the league's most porous units against the run. So, like, I think the defense has been good overall. It's definitely more Ben. But don't break. But there were the four games where they held teams to 20 points or under. Yeah. But when a lot of these outsiders look at the Cardinals defense, they don't really see a very good defense. It feels like old school versus new school. Uh, because a, a lot of those stats that you just referenced there. What was that Points first one out? Okay, that's the one I don't know. The D, 32nd in defensive success rate. I don't even know I, what that is. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to dis, I'm more of a stat guy than you. I don't want to dismiss that. I, I, I'm not even familiar with that stat. Get, well, get one of the geeks out there. No, I'm, 31st in points allowed. 
Okay, that's that's a legit that thirty first employees. But how much of that is just the Kansas City game? Yeah, that's a lot okay. of that is the Kansas City game. Yeah, I mean, that, secondary is giving up too many explosive plays down the field. Front seven is one of the league's worst against the run. I, I mean, I, I, maybe I just I don't know. But maybe Kamara I'm biased. Didn't run on them. I, McCaffrey didn't run on them. I feel like the eye test tells me a different story. See, and, me too. And, and I but but I'm, I'm basing that off of those four straight games where they allowed the opposition to score twenty or less. I mean, I'll be I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah, you know, like I'm I'm. Basing no, really, there's a it's a good defense. Well, I'm basing that off of four games where they went, you know, twenty or less. There are other games where we can look at and say they got gas. They got gas against Minnesota. They got gas against New Orleans. I mean, I know the defense came up with the big plays and the pick six. Man, New Orleans nearly had 500 yards offense in that game. Right. New Orleans had 24 first downs, and uh, so. I don't know. It's it's the analytics seem to tell a different story about the Cardinals defense than the one that we've seen with our own eyes. And maybe that's just the offense kind of catching up to what the Cardinals defense is doing. Yeah. You know, and, maybe and, they're starting to figure out the Cardinals defense and where the soft spots are a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, because I looked at the defense. I've always thought the defense has been pretty good and carried the team instead of the offense. But, you know, a lot of the people that measure just defensive metrics and stuff, they don't they don't really like this Cardinals Apparently defense. Apparently not. Um, I'd tell you who else um, well seems to who doesn't like the Cardinals and those are people who are calling for upsets this weekend in the NFL for some crazy weekend for some crazy reason I should say the Cardinals are favorites this weekend so all these websites when picking their big upsets for this week in the NFL they all chose the Seahawks so odd Seahawks are two point underdogs in this game right which is uh, how how Right. You know, like I, I okay, I, I get there's a lot of science and there's a lot of you know information that goes into Vegas and how they set their lines. But I, I clicked on a link today on NFL.com. Here are the biggest upsets who could the biggest underdogs who could post wins this weekend. I clicked on it. And it's the first Cardinals. one they mentioned was was Seattle beating the Cardinals. Well, that's not an upset. Who in what world is that an upset? No, Seattle's if, in first place. The Cardinals are in if, last place. If the other way happens and the Cardinals win, make no mistake. We'll come in here Monday acting like the Cardinals just upset the Seattle Seahawks. Not vice versa. Not not like not like oh you know what the Cardinals were favorites and they proved it on Sunday afternoon. Hell no. We're gonna come in here and talk. If the Cardinals win, we'll be carrying the goalpost, carrying the goalpost down the I ten. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm tasing. I'm tasing. I don't know well, about that. But two hundred people carrying the goalpost down the I ten. No, it's not that big of an upset because I. It's it it. You beat in the first place team. It gets you a win, gets you back into the mix as far as just trying to get yourself into the playoffs somehow. Jeremy Pena, RBI single, and the Astros are beating the Philadelphia Phillies one to nothing. Nobody out in the top Steve of the first. Steve Carlton ain't walking through that door. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, his hair looks great, but <laughs> his, his his hair and those but thro- his fastball doesn't in those throwback powder blue Philly jerseys. Man, his hair looks awesome, but the game. Yeah, not so much when we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show. Is it time for the amount of targets to increase for a certain recent acquisition? Yeah, that's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cliff Kingsbury yesterday said the plan is to force feed Robbie Anderson against Seattle. He's made big strides. Yeah, I hope he can have a, a larger role this week. Uh, we're going to try to force feed some stuff and try to get him out there a little bit more. Good, because it's desperation yeah. time. 
It is. And I don't understand it. And you don't understand it. And nobody understands how Robbie Anderson. This is this is the thing we talked about earlier. How does Christian McCaffrey, who's a running back and has a lot more responsibility in picking up blitzes and understanding the schemes of running back, how does he get that heavy workload for San Francisco and the, and Robbie Anderson barely barely plays when they both got traded about the same time? That is the question. And what was the difference in days that the two got they got traded around right the same time? And McCaffrey's already paying dividends for the 49ers. Mitch, will you look that up for us? Home the, run Phillies. Home run Phillies. I think hey. it's Schwarber. I think it's off of Verlander. Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> How about Justin Verlander? Yeah, Verlander in the World Series, man. First Ooh. inning, he's already given up a run in the first God, inning. those throwback Philly uniforms look cool. Those, those are they? great. You Mike can't Schmidt. lose wearing those. You can't lose wearing those jerseys, Larry man. Bala. That is seriously just 70s Phillies all the way. Phillies all the way. Those look so good, man. Uh, Mitch, look us up, if you will, the date McCaffrey got traded, the date Robbie Anderson got traded. Because <laughs> Tug McGraw, <laughs> Dino Espinoza, Pete Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Dueling Gambos. We don't do, we, we are the Burns and Gambo show. We don't do Dueling do, Gambos do as well as Bickley Murata. Yeah, they do it better than we they do. They do it way better than we do. You well, hear they that? poke fun a lot better than most. I'm sorry? They poke fun a lot well, better I mean, than we most. Well, we poke fun, but they're, they're, the Dueling Gambos thing, they've, just, they've turned that into a sweet science. You got right. answers for me on this one yet? You, oh, you're still looking it up. All right. Um, I don't know the answer to your question. I don't know how Christian McCaffrey, I mean, they were traded roughly around the same time. Yeah, and McCaffrey got how many, how many snaps? I'm going to look this up. How many snaps did McCaffrey get? His snap count was high, and, and, and we've got a guy who can't get on the field because not, they're not ready for him. I don't get it. It doesn't make any, any sense. Because, like, again, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey, he played, was it 87%? I'm looking at, uh, I'll have to check. But he played, he played a lot. Like, he played a lot. Like, how is he not, how is, how are the Cardinals not able to get Robbie Anderson up to par in the same amount of time? Christian McCaffrey played. Here you go. Thank you. You're welcome. 29% of the snaps in his first week with San Francisco. 81% 81% of the snaps in his second week for San Francisco. Like, right, that's my point. That's And what did Robbie Anderson play? All right, now, now you're going to have to give me a minute on that. Okay, so he played from 20% to, okay, I get it, first week, we're not going to give you a whole lot. We need you to learn the system. You, the next week, he's almost full go. He's 80-something percent of the snaps, and he made a major impact. He was great for them. Robbie Anderson gets nothing. He's got... <sighs> Go ahead, go ahead, go because this is what I because I don't understand this. Robbie Anderson in his first game with the Arizona Cardinals played eighteen percent of the snaps. Okay, Robbie Anderson in his second game with the Cardinals played nine percent of the snaps. It went down. <laughs> it's just I mean it's no, seriously it's the kind of thing that just it just yeah. it does it's so frustrating because okay here are the Niners we're gonna make this big trade for Christian McCaffrey and we're gonna use a man we're we're gonna we're gonna even if even if we've got a short turnaround for the Kansas City Chiefs game we're gonna put him out there we're gonna use him twenty nine percent of the time he's gonna get like thirteen carries for sixty whatever yards and we're gonna use him and then in week two we're really gonna put him out there eighty one percent of the time he's gonna throw a touchdown and he's going to catch a touchdown, and he's going to run for a touchdown. The Cardinals cut the percentage of snaps of their acquisition in half they traded from two, the first week to the second week. They that traded they had two him. picks for him. Yeah. They traded draft picks for him. He comes in, and he can't get on the field. I, I don't get I, I don't get some it. Some things are so unexplained. Inexplain, I can't explain it. Unexplainable. Unexplainable. Yeah, I'm not, I don't really speak very well. I know I talk for a living, but I don't speak well. I, it's unexplainable. 
Like, again, like just look at the comparisons from McCaffrey to Robbie Anderson yeah. and ask yourself a question. What the hell is going on here? Why, why are they using their guy and we're not using ours? Right. In yeah. the same, like, ver- virtually the same amount of time, right? Got those uh, dates for me there? Rich? I don't know why I blanked on this. He got traded on Thursday Night Football. McCaffrey did. Duh. And then duh, 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 on duh, that duh. Monday was the day that Robbie Anderson was Three days by later. The Cardinals. Okay. Three yeah. days later. That's right. So McCaffrey got traded on Thursday Night Football. Right. Made his debut against the Chiefs. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay. Whereas Robbie I, I'd love Anderson to know, got traded. Mm-hmm. Why can one team get a guy up to eighty percent in the same amount of time that you can't get a guy past eighteen yeah. percent of the place at know. a position that should be easier to learn? You would think. You would think. I don't get it. I, I I'd like to sit here and make up an answer for you. You I, know, say I, I, I'll take a made up answer. I think it might be this, or well, maybe it's that. I don't couldn't, know. Give me something. Give me. Some, couldn't find a helmet to fit his hair. Give me something. I'll take anything. <laughs> I want something. <laughs> hey, I Cliff. Why didn't he play? Well, listen, we had a real hard time getting a helmet. Like you know, there's a lot of hair. And look, and we, uh, give me something. Anything other than because there's no reason why this guy's been an NFL receiver for a long time. He had over a thousand yards receiving. He's not. A rookie. He knows the league. Like, you can't get him out there for more to help you? And here's the thing. We're harping on this, and we're almost making it sound like Robbie Anderson's like some kind of savior. He's not. He's, he's a good Anderson. football player. He's a good football player. He's a good football player. But he's not a, he's not a cure-all, right? He's not a. He's not going to come in and fix everything, but he's certainly an upgrade over what you had. You know, he's certainly better than the guy who was getting most of those snaps against the Vikings. You know, I, I don't want people to listen to this and go, man, what do you guys think Robbie Anderson's going to do? Okay, I don't think Robbie Anderson's he's gonna Christian help. McCaffrey. He's going to help. He's going to help, but, we, but we're not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, okay? Is he better than A.J. Green? Are we saying he's Christian McCaffrey? No! Okay, thank you. So, no, so Christian McCaffrey is one of the most dynamic I just want people players. to understand who are listening to us. They might think that we think Robbie Anderson is going to come in here and save everything. Okay. Pick, pick, pick another player that got... We could just watch it. The players all got traded this past week. Who plays with? Who plays within two weeks or, or oh, one oh. week? How much? Bradley Chubb's playing this week for the Miami Dolphins. No, no. I, you know, the Cardinals I promise play you that. No, they wouldn't play him. Bradley Chubb's playing. Uh, who Is else Chase got Is Chase Claypool going to play? Take the wide receivers that got I traded. I think he's going to play. Those guys going to play? TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings. Oh, TJ Hawkinson's playing. TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson's playing. Unless they're on the... No, they're not on the bye. They already had their bye. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson's playing. Like, I, mean, I understand it, that they may not play 85, 90 to 100 in the first week, but by the second week? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I got one guy who's not playing. I know who's not playing. Who got traded? Okay. Calvin Ridley is not playing. Oh. Sources close to me can confirm Maybe that Calvin Cliff Ridley that is they not they traded for Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Hey, I got your wide receiver. He's a, Maybe the Calvin Ridley. I, it, I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Why? Robbie Anderson played less snaps in the second week than he did in the first week? Yeah, well, less percentage. Yeah, yeah, less percentage. Less percentage of snaps. Absolutely. Um, the other thing we're going to talk about this, like, sorry, we, we just went nuts on the Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson thing. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yesterday, um, standing up for his guy, his head coach, in terms of the play calling. Like I said, I play a lot of ball, so there are a lot of things that I see. Uh, but at the same time, Cliff does a great job of calling plays and, and putting us in position. It's just on us to execute. Well, of course, he's going to say that. Of course, he's going to say yeah. 
He's on pace for 1,400 yards and 125 catches, and he missed the first six games. He loves this system. Yeah. I'm glad he's standing up for his guy, though. He needs to stand uh, up. He needs, he needs, if he had they said, need to stay together as a team. If right he now. had said something else, it would be a disaster. They need to stay together through these tough times. Yep. Come back, beat Seattle. Beat Seattle, you're four and five. Um, get another win. Get to five and six. And then give yourself an opportunity to, in the final six games, to get to the playoffs. When he's we come back, gotta do it. the Seahawks rookie class is courtesy of two people. One, the Denver Broncos. And two, some really smart dudes who know what they're doing with the draft, apparently. That's next. Burns and Gambo. It's the kind of envy that will um, just drive you nuts. Right, especially with all of the talk that we've had here about drafts and 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 admittedly, you look back at some of the draft history the last few years, and there are some guys who look like they're here to contribute, right? Isaiah Simmons looks like he's here. Zayvon Collins looks like he's here. Zach Allen looks like a real good find in the draft, right? It's not like it's been totally barren, totally blank, nothing at all. No, they've gotten some, even the supplemental draft with Jalen, great pick. Absolutely. Uh, a great pick. Murph, great pick. Lots of, plenty of players that have contributed. Yeah. Enough players that have contributed where, I mean, look, I, I love bagging on the drafts too. I, I, I do. But even I would have to admit that if you look back, there are certainly players that were selected that look like they're in line for second contracts that have been very good and, and have been quality finds in the draft. That being said, what the Seattle Seahawks have done with the first round in their draft this year is it, it just, it hurts. It'll drive you crazy if you're a Cardinal fan. It does. It just, it'll make is so jealous because you just yeah. look at it and it's like every single dude they got is helping them win football games. So one of their off- offensive linemen, Charles Cross, since week four, 147 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed. Abraham Lucas, another offensive lineman against the Giants, 41 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed. Tariq Woolen, defensive back through seven games, four interceptions, six passes defended, and a 49.7 passer rating grade allowed. That's really, really good. Kobe Bryant through eight games, four forced fumbles, 226 coverage snaps, only 257 yards allowed. They have been nailing the draft to the point where they've got two rookies of the month on offense and defense. Tariq Woolen on defense, Kenneth Walker the third, the running back on offense. But the stat that really blows me away Bernsey, I just could not get over this one when I was prepping for the show today. That 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 those snap counts, they just blew me away. Yeah, the, they the, just blew me away. Number one in the NFL in snaps by rookies, defensive snaps for rookies on offense and defense through eight weeks. Let me just give you the Cardinals, okay? The Cardinals through eight weeks, the amount of snaps that their rookies have taken is three hundred and three. 303. The amount of snaps that the Seahawks rookies have taken is over 2,000 more. Mm-hmm. 2,000. 2,359 to be exact. Right. Yep. Combined offensive and defensive snaps for rookies through eight weeks. Seattle, 2,359. Arizona, 303. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, it drives you crazy. It would drive you crazy. It, it drives you crazy when you think about it, yeah. you know, because what we're what we're experiencing here. Now, again, with a nod to some of the draft picks that have worked out, they've just taken a while to get there. But we're looking at here, we're looking at Trey McBride's on the field. that gets back-to-back holding calls, and the Cardinals have a first and 27 from their you know, the shadow of their own goal line. We're that looking kid at, should be play, That kid should be playing more. Cameron Thomas should be playing more. Myjay Sanders should be playing and, more. And, and they're just not. 
They're not. They're like, not. Okay, are the Cardinals good at sacking the quarterback? No. So not. why aren't no, those guys not. playing that's more? A, that's a quick I, uh, again, I think that they. I think that they draft players that are good players, and for some reason, the coaching staff doesn't play these guys a lot. Like I don't know. I think, like I said, I think there there has to be some kind of disconnect. Now, maybe these players are no good. Um, and the coaching staff says they're not. Maybe this is a coaching staff that just doesn't like to play young players. They don't want to play young guys. They want Dennis Gardeck out there. They want Neiman out there. Like I, they just prefer veteran players over younger guys. I'm trying to think because Bruce was always kind of the same way oh too, wasn't God. he? Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, I mean, Bruce was always he just twist his arm to get rookies to play out there, and I, I always just assumed, not to make this an age thing, but I just assumed that a younger coach would play younger players. Play younger players because he's familiar with yeah. them from college. Yeah, it was just he's just not that far removed from the college game, and maybe he'd be more inclined to do it right away. You know, but that that's just. I mean, Isaiah Simmons, it took him a full year to really be a full-time player. Zayvon Collins, it took him a full year to be a full-time. There certainly have been others. You know, there have been guys who, obviously, Kyler played right away. Obviously, Buddha played right away. Christian Kirk mostly played right away. You mentioned Jalen Thompson. I'm going to look him up. I thought I he played right away. I don't, I don't know if he played I, right away, right away. Let me, I'm going to look. I think he did. Cause he, and he, again, supplemental guy. Terrific player, should be here for a while because he, he he's good. But yeah, Murph played right away, and I think Murph was probably more because they had to because of the Pat Pete uh, suspension. Pat uh, Murph had to come in and play. Marco Wilson had to play right had away. To play last right year. away had, had no play. choice. Right? So I think sometimes when the rookies play, it's probably because they had to because they don't have anybody else that could play. Where with other guys. They they feel like we right. could bring you along slowly. I'll give you credit. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right about Jalen. Did he play a lot? Yeah, he played a lot. Yep, he played a lot, especially towards the end um, of his rookie year. By week ten, he was in the 90th percentile of snaps. Yeah, good call. I had, I had forgotten that one wrong. 96, 99, 63, 63, 94, 95, 96. Yeah, yeah. he was playing a bunch. Stud, yeah, he was playing a bunch. Stud player. Yeah, no, he's 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 been great. And again, that's so. He's, what you can do for the Cardinals, all right, and, and I encourage anybody to do this, you can go through their draft classes recently and you can kind of buffet line it a little bit, right? You can pick and choose, you know, 2021. Hey, Zayvon Collins looked like he was a pretty good pick. So does Marco Wilson. Rondell Moore, if they could, you know, ever throw him the ball down the field. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, the year before that, Isaiah Simmons looks like a pretty good pick. Josh Jones, he played well the other day, filling in for DJ. I think he's the right tackle of the future. Looks like a pretty good fit. Rashard Lawrence, they miss him. He was a fourth rounder that year. The year before that, you're looking at Kyler and Byron Murphy and Zach Allen, right? Okay, and that, that was also the, the, um, the uh, Jalen Thompson draft yes, as well, the supplemental yes. draft. Yeah. Well, so he's been good. He's so good you can kind of pick and choose, you know, 2018, well, Christian they, Kirk, Chase Edmonds. But when have they, when had, have they ever hit on a draft, yeah. like a whole draft? Uh, and that was the point I was building to. It's been a while since they've had one of those drafts where you go bang, 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 right? And they, they just haven't had. Now, did Seattle do it out of necessity? Bobby Wagner's gone. Russell Wilson's gone. Well, we're just we're starting over. We're going to give these young guys an opportunity to play. How does a seventy-one-year-old coach in Pete Carroll give all these young guys a chance to play? Uh, maybe they, maybe they just you know by necessity they just had to draft. Met for years they had terrible offensive lines in Seattle. Oh, sure. Now they draft. Now they finally draft two guys that are good. 
Russell Wilson's probably like, where were those two guys? Where were those two guys when I was playing in Seattle? Terrible offensive lines and terrible pass rush, too. That was always kind of fundamentally things that were wrong with Seattle. I don't know. I mean, maybe in Seattle, it was very much a, you know what? We're rebuilding. You know, Geno Smith is our quarterback, and we're kind of hitting the reset button here, and we're okay, starting they over. It. They never admitted it. No, they didn't. But maybe you know? that's what they were doing until we they all, realized. We all they'd... thought that they were. I mean, look, Seattle, their draft last year. They drafted three players. Three. They traded away most of They had a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick. That's it. That's it. And how many draft picks this year? They had one, two, three, nine. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yes. Nine. And like yeah. seven of them are playing. We had Brock Heward on the show earlier, and we're going to replay that interview for you coming up in a bit. He was comparing this potentially to the 2012 draft for Seattle, which got him Bruce Irvin in the first round, Bobby Wagner in the second, Russell Wilson in the third. That's a pretty good draft. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good draft. It's a story today I saw in the Washington uh, Post sports section. It was like, once the Seahawks let go, they were free to take flight. And they talked about trading Russell Wilson, and it talked about also getting rid of Bobby Wagner, right? I mean, but it says Seattle wasn't stale because of their methods. They just needed to have the courage to let go. Yeah. They just needed to be able to let go. You know, I, I like Fro, let it go. Let it go. Like, they, they <laughs> needed frozen. to let it go. Um, I'll, I'll give the Cardinals credit for this. In reviewing their drafts of the last few years... I, they're better at it than I thought. Let me put it that way. Well, because they're, Dave and Isaiah have played well. Dave and yeah, Isaiah doesn't look bad at all. Those guys are well. good players. Marco plays. Rondell Moore looks like he's going to be a stud. Right. I mean, uh, Rashard Lawrence played before he got hurt. Kyler, Byron, Zach Allen, uh, Jalen Thompson. I mean, they're Christian Kirk tra- before he got before he, they let him go. Chase Edmonds before they let him go. Right. Like there were there were enough scattered. Hits among, and I know this interrupts the narrative of Steve Kime being a terrible drafter. Okay, there are enough scattered hits over the last few years that it hasn't been this wasteland, right? It hasn't been. The all problem bad. is that it takes so it takes longer to evaluate the draft than it does with other teams. Like, how do you address? How do you evaluate the Cardinals' twenty twenty two draft? It, it looks can't. like a mess. You it's can't. Incomplete. None of them are playing. Okay, go back to last year at this time. Okay, go back to last year at this time. Last year at this time, the star from that class was Marco Wilson because he was playing all the time, right? No, Rondell Moore wasn't. No, no, Rondell Moore. He was playing, but not a lot. Saban. He was barely, he was he couldn't get on the field. Playing. Couldn't get on the field. So like it's a problem. I, like I think the I think year they before, end up with, same thing. Isaiah Simmons was barely play, playing. Right. Josh Jones was barely, barely playing. playing. Yep. So I think the problem is that like for some reason it takes the Cardinals an extra year or so to figure out that these guys can actually play. That would be a really long. But interesting homework assignment. Like to compare rookie snap percentages for the Cardinals compared to other teams. Like where do they rank compared to other teams? Like what, where, you know, if, if you looked at the, like the last five years of the draft, what is the percentage of snaps that Cardinal rookie plays compared to other teams? It's probably too big of a homework assignment for anyone to do. It's gotta be some Harvard law guy that does this on the side with, has a website that has it. It's gotta be some. Try and find that guy. Oh, you know what? That's the homework I'll do tonight. Just find, to find the guy. guy. You don't need to the do guy. the homework. You need to find the guy. Find the guy who did the homework. Right. The homework's going to take you a lot longer than see, just searching for the guy. That is the most gambo idea ever. I don't want to do the homework. I just want to find the guy who did the homework. Right. That's the, <laughs> the most gambo thought ever. Don't do the homework. Find the guy who did the homework. Yeah, who's going to take you to do that homework? 
So if you have any idea how long it's going to take you to do the same thing, work smarter, smarter, not harder. harder. That's right. Bitch is so right. My daughter Brooke came out. She had like math homework the other day, and she's there. She's like in uh, uh, seventh grade. I like. Like she had to do some. I can't. Like I can't. Chelsea, Chelsea. I can't. I can't. Don't ask me to help you with this. I can't do seventh grade math. <laughs> when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, is Jay Crowder jealous? Is he impatient? Why is he still tweeting in all caps? All of that is next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? A lot on tonight. A lot on tonight. Let's say games that are going on right now, and then we'll talk about the Coyotes here in a minute. Uh, Thursday night football underway. They're going into the second quarter. The Houston Texans are tied with the Philadelphia Eagles 7-7 right now. Uh, looking to see how the touchdowns. You know, David Johnson hasn't played this year. Doesn't surprise me. Um, no, I mean, does it surprise you? Like, yeah. I, well, it doesn't surprise me. And nobody picked him up. You'd think, yeah. Uh, Davis Mills, two-yard touchdown pass. And He's only 30 years old. Miles Sanders, two-yard rush. Plants. Nobody got him. Nobody Doesn't that seem like forever ago? David Johnson. That he was here? Being or he the, got traded for DeAndre Hopkins? No, being the electric player that he was here for that brief, short time period. Doesn't oh, seem he like was, forever uh, He was a one-hit wonder, man. He's Dexy's Midnight Runners. Oh, I know, but that what one hit. 2016. What a hit that was. He had 1,239 yards rushing and 879 receiving. He had 16 touchdowns rushing. He had four. He had 20 touchdowns. Yeah. Seems like a long time ago. He played two years in Houston. And then that's it. He's out of the league. Yeah. Out of the league. Remember, he was just afraid of something happened. He some injury ankle, I think it was, and he was afraid of, afraid of contact. He was, yeah, he was shying away from he was shying away sure. from contact. Uh, they're through two, um, the same city matchup, like Thursday night football, Philly versus Houston. This time, though, in the World Series, it's the crucial game five, and in a series that's tied two two, you've what? got a game that's tied one one. What right percentage now. of Philadelphia fans are watching the Eagles game right now? You mean like on TV? Right now, um, you're, you're a Philadelphia sports fan. You're just a regular sports fan. You like all the teams. Oh, you're... you're what percentage is watching the Eagles? It's 90? It's somewhere in the 90th That's percentile. watching the Eagles? No, no, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking the Phillies. Right. Yeah, the I Phillies. I was thinking the Phillies. 90. So nine out of every 10 Philly sports but, fan is but, watching but the Phillies. This, this is one of those games. This is one of those moments where I don't I, agree. I, I don't understand you. I don't understand why. You. Watch both at the same time. It's not that tough. I can't. I I, 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 I don't. I, I, I have no capacity to understand why you couldn't. How do you? What do you do? You just keep like no. You just put. The, can you watch two movies at the same time? You put the Eagles game on your iPad. You put the the. Can you Phillies watch two game? movies at the same time? Sure, if I really wanted to, I could. Oh my God, but games are easier. Games are because it's a visual thing. I don't need to hear what they're saying. I just need to watch what's happening. I just need to keep an eye on what's happening. Mitch, do you watch two games at the same time? I have two TVs, so yes. Yeah. 
My office at home, two big TVs set up next to each other. It's crazy. I'll sometimes have, the... have three things going at the same time. <laughs> how do you? How do you? How do you really understand what's going on then? I don't. But it's, right, it's you company. Don't. You it's, just don't really know what's going on. You look here, and then you look there, and then you look a, here, and then you look there. A I, baseball game, especially, it's so easy to watch that and something else at the same time. There was a no hitter yesterday. I know, but you can you'd still have to watch every pitch. Turn your attention away from it to see what's going on. I don't have the um, the bandwidth. Yeah, whatever the word would be. I don't have whatever it would take to be able to watch two things at the same time. Yeah, it's it's. I'd, I would lose my mind. Get so we get so frustrated. So you have what I have. Then you have ADD. Do you have ADD? I don't have ADD. I don't Slightly. think I have ADD. I did. I, I had no idea. This is a personal you take revelation. Med, you take here. medicine for that? I did, when I, I was younger, but really? no, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know. That. Oh, the things that come out at five fifty one at night, right? The truth gets know. told. I don't, I don't know what I have. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I can't really. It's just that, concentrate that, on two things at the same time. I know time. you only have one television. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's for sure. So, okay, if you're watching a television show and your wife starts talking to you, can you have a conversation with her? Yeah. I have to pause the TV. <laughs> I swear, I have to pause the TV. Every single day. I'm working in the office. Chelsea comes in to have a conversation with me, and I have to pause the TV. Yeah, I can have a conversation with my wife. I, can't, I cannot sports. have a conversation with my wife if the TV is on. Now, watching... Two games at the same time and the conversation with the oh, decision that would maker. Be, man, that gets a little complicated. That would be really good if that, you could do that. That gets a little. That gets a little complex. But like last night, I was watching the World Series game and my wife was sitting next to me and and yep, I was having a conversation oh, no. with her and watching the game. The same I time. gotta hit pause <laughs> every time she's pause. Just I, pause because I, I, I don't like. I have to concentrate on yeah. the, what I'm watching. And if somebody's talking to me, then I have to. I have to take my concentration away from what I'm kind of watching to like I, I can't I just can't do it I can't do it huh? I, I, I'm sorry you can't do it because it if I were a Philly sports fan I'm watching both I got I got one on a big screen I got one on I a little screen and more, I'm watching both I think there's probably more people like me than you realize oh I don't doubt it I'm not alone no you're not alone no, there's probably a lot of sports fans like I can't watch two things at the same time either. Probably, but especially in today's like digital age, man, it's so easy. iPads, phones, TVs, laptops, monitors. There's so many I'm ways for you to consume. Brain's not really massive right. quantities of media all at the same time. Your brain's just not My wired. Brain's for that. not just yeah. really in good shape. And then uh, the other thing that's on tonight: Coyotes hockey taking on the Dallas Stars. Today. How are you gonna watch all of this stuff at one time? <laughs> that, that I don't know. I, uh, all right, listen, I'm going to give you a little news on that. I'll, I, I think Dylan Gunther is going to stay with the team from what I'm hearing. Really? Yeah, inside. From what I'm hearing, Ooh, I would expect that Dylan Gunther is going to stay with the Coyotes. Today's the tonight's game. deadline for that. Like he, he plays after tonight. They have to make a decision whether to send him back down or keep him here. If they keep him here, nine games is the max, and it's been nine games. They'll have to basically start the clock on him, and the, the first year of his contract kicks in. Right. I think. So it's that's it's sort of like service manipulation, you know, manipulating service time in baseball, right? Like right. you manipulate it so you get certain years of control. Most people just assumed that with Dylan Gunther, it was going to be a little nine game kind of. 
taste, and then that was going to be that because they wanted to not start his clock just yet. I think he, from what I'm hearing, I'm expecting that he is going to stay with the stay on the roster. Very, very interesting. Okay, um, we've got bonus Burns and Gambo coming up in a couple of minutes, but before we go to that, I do. We promised this. Sorry, we got distracted by how many games we're watching. See, on we TV get distracted. Problem with the distraction. You see? get distracted. Jay Crowder tweeted last night and deleted a tweet. Um, he was it was a retweet from StatMuse. A um, I, I think it's pretty good on Twitter, though they took kind of a shot at Jay here. Usually it's just there for some information, stats, whatnot. They stated, uh, they tweeted out after Cam Johnson's big game the other night against Minnesota. Cam Johnson had more points tonight than Jay Crowder ever had as a son. 29 points and seven threes. Jay initially did not take kindly to that. Retweeting it in all caps. April 12th, 2021. Eight trays. But really, who's counting? I'm happy for the young fella. Played his ass off last night. Please don't hype this. You know my body. Yeah. And by that, I'm assuming body he means like his work. body of body work. Of you work. know yeah. my body of work, right? Yep. yep. He deleted it. You know, and, and he's he's not ripping Cam Johnson, not at all. You know, he's not he's, at all, but no. he's sticking up for himself. Yes, but because somebody look, somebody takes a shot. I understand the, the whole social media thing, and it's you got to resist that temptation, and it's hard. You know, <laughs> look at you. I mean, I have five hundred people blocked on Twitter. Like it's 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 hard. It took you know because you feel this like he feels like you got to really I got to stick up for myself. So this kid has a really good game. Like good for him. Like why do you have to take a shot at me? <laughs> How do I get involved in this? You know, I yeah. mean, I, how do I get involved in this? Like, you like you're pointing that out. Like, why am I even in this? Just say he had a really great game and, I know. and be done with I, it. And I'm not going to defend StatMuse because I don't know a single soul who works over there. But I will say this: the next day after that game, when we were having conversations about Cam Johnson and his 29, you better believe we brought up Jay Crowder. Yes, that's part of the narrative. Yeah, I mean, Cam Johnson is starting. Over Jay Crowder, and Jay Crowder is not on the team because he's, in part, been demoted or because of his contract or whatever the actual reason is. It has at least something to do with the fact that Cam Johnson is starting. That is part of the story. We made that part of the story. To deny that would be to deny the basic truth of the situation, right? And so you got to bring it up. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen, I think, listen, this has got to be very frustrating for Jay. Season's going on. He doesn't have a home. He doesn't have a team. He doesn't know where he's playing. Everybody thought that he would have been traded once he asked for the trade and once they, like, and here we are and they still haven't traded him. Now, could they be waiting for December when more guys are available? Sure. Could they be waiting to see if Kevin Durant becomes available again? Possibly. Like, there's a lot of different angles here, and the Suns are in control. The Jay Crowder doesn't have any control of the situation. They don't owe him anything. He didn't deliver a championship here. Like, he didn't, like, he was a good player for two years, a two year player. We'll remember Jay Crowder a little bit, but not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't have any say in this. This is completely up to James Jones when and how he gets traded. I just wonder if he could go back and do it all over again. Would Jay do this all differently? Like this is not That's a good question. This has not worked out for him. Yeah, it's right. A good question. This he misplayed this hand, you know. And I understand what he was trying to do. And I know you don't know the answer to that question, and neither do I. But knowing now what he didn't know then, I gotta think he would. You know what? I'll just go play. I'll go yeah. play, I'll come off the bench, I'll put up good numbers, and I'll get a contract extension next year. Instead of this hard line stance of, that's it, trade me, I want out of here, it's time for a change, all caps on the tweets, all that stuff. i got to imagine he would do things differently, because this is the Suns are in 
Zero rush to trade him. None. They're six and one. The the bench is playing well enough. More time for James to evaluate what they would trade for. Right? Because what he and I, I asked James this question the other day. What what you want now may be different than what you wanted six weeks ago before the season and he started. Said it's too early to tell. Too early to tell. Too yeah. early to tell. I don't know what I want. But yeah, that that's the question I would ask Jay if he could do it all over again. What would he do? When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we're coming back on the Burns and Gambo show. Bonus Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, getting you set for the Coyotes game tonight against the Dallas Stars, the last of their four game homestand before they hit the road for a, a month or so. And joining us uh, from down at the Mullet Arena is our own Luke Lipinski to talk a little hockey with me. Luke, what's going on? going on, Gambo? Uh, it's, it's, it's been a party here each night so far with these games, so we're looking forward to another one. Hopefully. Uh, listen, I've been there. I love the atmosphere. I love the environment. I love the ice. Uh, can't wait to skate on it one day. I mean, it's. Uh, have you skated on it yet or no? No, I haven't. And I tell you, it's funny you bring that up because they have that community rink in the building, too. They haven't put the ice on that. I'm looking forward to that because apparently that's where they're going to have some adult leagues. Yeah, we got some connections to, with the key, so maybe we can get in late at night. We'll go We'll do, We'll do. go skate. I'd love to check out that new ice. Uh, everybody's right. raving about it. I mean, I talked to Bill Armstrong about it today. He says it's probably the best ice in the, in the NHL. Hard to believe here in Phoenix, Arizona. But the ice in Glendale was terrible. The ice here seems to be much, much better. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I asked a few people about that. And I guess part of it is having such a low roof that allows you to kind of open things up a little bit with the, uh, the, the stuff to cool it from the ceiling and the floor. And then obviously it's new ice and they've taken good care of it. And you're, you're right. It's weird. I've heard it from Bill Armstrong. I've heard it from a few players on both teams now. So you figure it's probably pretty true. Uh, let's talk about Dylan Gunther. I, I'm hearing that he is going to stay with the Coyotes and not be returned to his junior team. Today's the final day. If he plays in his 10th game, you would lose, lose that entry level status. So I'm, what I'm hearing is that it's very likely that he is going to stay on the roster. He's got five points in his last five games. I think he's made the decision pretty easy for the Coyotes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the right move, right? If you, usually the logic behind sending a guy like that down is you're worried he's not going to play enough up here. And they have that stupid rule in the CHL that guys can't go to the AHL until they're 20 years old. So he's kind of stuck either going all the way back to a league where he's way too good or hanging out up here at the NHL level. And that's good to hear if he's going to stick around because he's definitely earned it. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing tonight that they that they expect that he will stay, that he has played well enough. And I think so, too. I mean, even last, uh, you know, the last game against Florida, he had a great opportunity in the first period, just a great chance. So he's put himself in a position to gather that puck in and get some shots. The goals will come for him, I'm sure of it, but what I'm seeing is a kid that's putting himself in position to get those opportunities. Yeah, he's got a shot that really nobody else on the Coyotes has, and they haven't had a pure goal scorer like him, I don't know what, 10, 15, 20 years, so, I mean, he's only got two goals so far, but you figure, you can see the potential, and you can see what he did in junior leagues, and you can see how happy they were that Bill Armstrong was able to trade into that draft. I remember I was 
working on the show with you guys that day when, when Armstrong traded in and was able to draft him. So they, he has the potential to be unlike any Coyote we've seen in a long time. And, and it's, I'd rather see him develop up here than just go back to junior and put up another 60 goals. I know. Isn't it great? Like, like this kid may end up being a good player. And look what they, they – I can't believe they suckered the Canucks into that trade. When you think about it, I mean, they got off of a terrible player on a terrible contract who was awful and ended up getting the number nine pick in the draft and turned it into Dylan Gunther. Yeah, and don't think that's lost on Vancouver either. They're not they're not real happy up there with that. Because, I mean, Gunther's the sort of guy that could have been maybe the, the, the second or third pick in that draft, too, as it turned out. Because you remember that draft class was so unknown with all the COVID stuff and all the junior leagues not getting to play as much. So that could go down as one of the better moves the Coyotes have made in a long time. Yeah, matter of fact, I, you know, I posted that I expect Gunther's going to stay. And I've gotten, I'm getting Vancouver people, you know, the worst trade for Benning. It may be his last. And what do you expect? And capped out Canucks over here just enjoying the ghost of OEL at our dead last position in the league. I've got the Canucks fans chiming in right now because uh, they got jobbed in that trade. I mean, they took on they took on a lot of dead weight and gave up a top 10 pick. Yeah, and Canucks fans are usually about as happy. They're like the Canadian equivalent of Philadelphia fans. So if something goes wrong for them, they're going to let you hear about it. Yeah. Who, let me ask you about Nick Ritchie. I mean, did not work in Toronto at all. Just did not work for him. Man, he, he has been great for the Yotes. I mean, another power play goal the other night against Florida. Seems to have a knack. He, that power play unit of the Coyotes is real good. I think he's a big part of it. He is. You know, they haven't, you know this, they haven't had a guy that's, that's willing to consistently crash the net, and he's willing to do that. And like you said, it didn't work out for him in his previous stop, so he's just kind of willing to do whatever it takes to stick around. That power play is number three in the NHL, and it's only behind the team with Connor McDavid and the team that just won the Stanley Cup. So the power play is doing pretty well. And yeah, absolutely, a big body that, that, you know, he doesn't have to stand in front of the net, but he's willing to do it. Yeah, he's been he's been good for them. Vimelka's been great. That was a good win for them over Florida the other day. I mean, they, Florida seemed to like they they hit the pipe like five six times. I mean, so many opportunities. Vimelka was great, but I really loved the way the Yotes played. They they withstood that storm at the end of the game and then got the empty netter by Keller to put it away. Yeah, I'm hoping they keep doing that here. I mean, you know, the, the first, what is this game, 10 now tonight. They've, they've played better as the, these first nine games have gone on, but specifically these three home games so far, they've really sold out the block shots and, and keep the other team and minimize those scoring chances. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's something that, that, that keeps around for these uh, 41 games in this building because, you know, fans can get behind that. Even if you don't have the talent of a team like Florida, if you're going to outwork them, that's how you start to build a fan base back up. Yeah, I I, th- I think so. I mean, even like you go back to the other games, right? I mean, the Winnipeg game, they had the lead. It was a good game. The Rangers game, I mean, that's a one-goal game. What we're seeing is we're seeing a tough physical team. You know, they're going to battle. They're going to battle. They want to win games. As much as the team may want to, you know, tank for Bedard, they, you know, they want to win. These, th- these guys want to win games. They're playing close hockey games. They seem to be getting better as the season goes on. Yeah, and that Rangers team, I mean, I think that's a Stanley Cup contender. They were close last year. I, I think they're maybe flying under the radar a little bit right now for just how good New York is. And it's, you know, you got to have that identity. You got to find that earlier in the season if you can. I think they got something in, in Andre Tourney. You know, you got to see what he can do when, when they have a loaded roster at some point, hopefully down the line. But he can definitely, he's, he's shown himself to be a coach that can get the most out of his players. 
these guys buy in. There were obviously some very tough times last year and the tough starts, you know, the first week or so of this season, but they do. They work hard. They want to outwork other teams, and I would say most nights they've managed to do that so far. Yeah. Alright, Luke, we'll let you get back to the arena, get ready for the game tonight. Coyotes and Stars, final home game at the Mullet Arena for a while, so enjoy the game. We'll be watching. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Gambo. All right, that's Luke Lipinski talking a little Coyotes hockey with us. Again, I expect that Dylan Gunther is going to stay with the Yotes. They have to make a decision after the ninth game. Today's his ninth NHL game. They have to make a decision after that to send him back to his junior team and keep that eligibility or 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 keep him on the roster. My understanding is that they're going to keep him on the roster, that he has played well enough to do that. So I do not think he goes back down to juniors. All right, that's going to do it for bonus Burns and Gambo. We'll be back tomorrow. 2 o'clock sharp right here on Arizona Sports. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.